are listening to The Addiction Files, where we discuss evidence-based treatment, clinical pearls and resources, while striving to destigmatize the treatment of addiction in our medical culture and save lives. We are the addiction doctors, Dr. Darlene Peterson and Paula Cook. Welcome to this episode of The Addiction Files. We are back with an episode on binge drinking among college students and adolescents. We are dropping this in time for Alcohol Awareness Month, and as all of our students are heading out on spring break, this is a great time to be screening and talking to our adolescent and college-age students. So just as a brief introduction, as a reminder, what constitutes binge drinking when we use that term? So typically, when we talk about binge drinking, we are talking about, for women, it's consuming four or more drinks in about two hours. And for men, it's five or more drinks. One thing to think about is also, it can be drinking alcohol to to a level to cause a blood alcohol to rise to 0.08% or higher in less than two hours. So you can have someone who can consume less than the four or five drinks within two hours due to what we've talked about in other episodes. So stomach surgeries or other medications or other things that would alter that absorption and metabolism. So we want to be very careful about anything that's going to increase that rapid increase in alcohol. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, to point zero eight. Yep, which is the legal limit in most states, not in Utah. But yeah, and the traditional definition, like you said, is four drinks for for a a woman and five drinks for a man in about two hours. Which, when we talk about that and and introduce that concept to you know medical student lectures, everyone laughs because that's like. I think a lot of people then go, oh, gosh, I'm definitely binge drinking or I have binge drink. I've met this criteria, right? And it's really interesting because we've introduced this term as well as the high intensity drinking. And we'll get we'll come back to this a little bit. But this trend, because we talk about this, that some college students are drinking twice that level of these binge drinking levels and that. So that's where we get to this, what we call high intensity drinking, which is even more dangerous. And so we'll talk about those statistics as well. So Paula, do you want to start us out with some of the epidemiology and some of these really quite disturbing trends that we're seeing now? Yeah, for sure. So according to the NIAAA um, and recent data, so from 2021, from NASDA study, so that's the National Survey on Drug Use and Health, 49.3% of full-time college students aged 18 to 22 have had alcohol in the last month. And that's not too surprising, really. I mean, I think that's actually even lower than I would have guessed. So about 50% of college students have drank in the last month. And out of those college students, about 27.4% engaged in binge drinking during the last month. So 27.4%. And actually, when you look at it, over time, this has actually gone down. Um, There's been a trend towards decreased alcohol use in young kids. And there's a lot of things to be said about that. But 
right now it stands at about 27.4% of college kids engage in binge drinking in the last month. Um, we look though, it's, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the association between binge drinking in college and actually having alcohol use disorder. We do find that the rates are higher in college students than they are in the general pop population. And we have a statistic from 2019 that shows that 10% of male college students reported um, alcohol use disorder and 7.7% of female college students. And uh, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Um, some other interesting statistics, um, nearly a quarter of LGBTQ students aged 18 to 25, so actually 23.8% reported having significant um, alcohol risky drinking or actually meeting criteria for an alcohol use disorder. Okay, so that's a huge um, increase versus the general population. And um, that's something just to consider in terms of risk. We also find that alcohol use is slightly more common amongst female students in general. However, binge drinking and heavy alcohol drinking is more common amongst male college students. Okay, these are generalities, but that's what we're seeing. Um, and there's also been a change in the trends of what people are drinking. So a few years ago, if you all remember, especially those of us who were in medicine 10, 20 years ago, we remember that the emergency rooms were full of people drinking energy drinks mixed with alcohol. Now the trend has moved towards these flavored alcoholic beverages. We've talked a lot about this on the podcast before in terms of like these seltzers and these other drinks that have been marketed specifically towards women and to young people. Um, and now we're seeing that 80.8% of students report drinking flavored alcoholic beverages. And this is the highest percentage um, that we've seen in the last 15 years that are drinking this kind of alcoholic beverage. We're gonna talk about this at the very end when we talk about a very interesting TikTok trend. Um, so the other disturbing, Statistic, which I don't think any of us are too surprised when they looked at fraternities and other Greek um, Greek life members, about 97% of those drank alcohol regularly as opposed to, you know, 49% and 64% identify as binge drinking. Um, another thing to remember is that about 60% of fraternity members start drinking at the age of 16. And so, you know, you have to ask, are people in Greek organizations because they're attracted to the drinking culture because they've already started drinking early? Or um, are they drinking in Greek culture and that's just part of the culture um, and they seek this environment out? Um, so th there's an interesting kind of whole culture and there's a lot of to be said about um, Greek organizations and alcohol, unfortunately. There's something that was very interesting. And I wanted to bring it up really quickly. There was a NIDA-sponsored um, study that was published in March of 2018 by McCabe and all in the Journal of Adolescent Health. And they found that male fraternity members who had lived in a frat house for at least one semester during college had the highest levels of binge drinking, right, relative to non-members and non-students. But this, which is not too surprising, okay, any of us who went to college know this. However, what's, what's interesting is that this trend continues through age 35. And this controls for adolescent sociodemographic and other characteristics. And the other thing that I thought was actually fascinating and kind of distressing was at age 35, 45% 40, of the residential fraternity members actually report an alcohol use disorder all the way from mild to severe, 45%. So they I feel like the that odds. needs to be one of our screening questions now. 
It was were you in a fraternity or a sorority? (laughs) Yeah, I actually sent this to my. um, I have really wonderful son-in-law, and he was in a he was in a fraternity, and he's now like I don't even know what you call it. I call him the wizard. I'm like, you're the president of something over fraternities now. I'm like, I sent him this study because I'm like, you need to see this. You need to talk to your kids about this, and this is not unique to fraternities. This is also um, true for sororities. So sorority members had higher odds of alcohol use disorder symptoms at age 35 when compared to their non-college female peers. So you're right, Darlene. This is a risk factor, and this these are shocking statistics. So we've seen some decrease in trends for binge drinking and alcohol use in college students. It's still high. We're seeing more females drinking um, alcohol than we used to. Males are still more likely to binge drink. We're seeing more drinking of these flavored alcoholic beverages, and we're seeing a massive amount of alcohol use and binge drinking amongst um, Greek life um, students. And this effect extends into their adulthood up to age 35 with what looks like to be some pretty negative consequences. So there's some epidemiology for you. All right, let's get into the negative consequences. Paula, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what happens, particularly among our college students, with binge drinking? Yeah, okay, so I'll go over this and then we can talk together about um, some of the more significant, I mean, it's hard to grade what's more significant in terms of yes. negative consequences when it comes to binge drinking. But um, so we're talking about, I talk, I call it gray out, although um, in this data, in this study from NIAAA, they talk about brownout, but we know what a blackout is. Okay. A blackout is not passing out. A blackout's when someone loses time. They just completely don't have any memory once their alcohol level reaches a certain amount and certain brains are more susceptible to blackouts than others. Brownouts or grayouts is when you have some recollection of what went on, but you don't really remember. You can remember patches or you remember little bits of the night before or the couple of hours, but not all of it. So nearly a quarter of college students, so 24.2% who drink alcohol report browning out while drinking. That's really scary, actually. That's terrible. Yeah, and you, and it's not surprising because you look you're talking about high intensity drinking, right, or binge drinking. What's really mm-hmm. terrible is that uh, one point we have some other statistics on this as well, but one point nine percent of college students who drink alcohol report that someone had raped them when they were under the influence. Okay, so and we know this is really underreported, actually. Yeah. Um. So that's a horrible statistic. Twelve point three percent of college students report having unprotected sex while drinking. Again, like the whole, the downstream effects of that we all know. So twelve point three, um, and then twenty over twenty percent of college drinkers report doing something that they later regretted while they were drinking. Um, a very sinister. Um statistic that we're going to talk about in a minute is out of undergraduate students who drank alcohol within the last year, 3% seriously considered suicide while under the influence. And this is more than kids who don't drink alcohol. And then we talked about blackouts just a minute ago, about 13% of students blacked out while drinking in the past 12 months. So that's, that's kind of, I don't know, those are some pretty sinister statistics. And go back to sexual assault. There's a, there's a lot in the literature about sexual assault, and it's actually really, uh, I don't know, very distressing. But do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Just so this is from the NIAAA. So they estimate 
about this is ages 18 to 24 that are reporting being assaulted by another student while they've been drinking. So, and again, like Paula said, we think that number is low. And there's so that comes down to research has confirmed that a longstanding finding that one in five college women experience sexual assault, sexual assault during their time in college. And a majority of sexual assaults is going to involve alcohol or another substance. The one thing that I think we haven't really touched on is how much that just alcohol in general just affects just academic performance, right? Students who binge drink at least three times a week were roughly performing six, were six times more likely to perform poorly on tests or projects as a result of their drinking. So we're looking at 40% versus 7% than students who drink but never binged. So there's a big, there's a, so that's a big difference. The students who binge drink were also five times more likely to miss a class. So that's again, 64% versus 12%. That's really interesting. I've never seen a study or a report yet um, about academic performance and binge drinking in college. I mean, again, it's all intuitive. It makes sense, right? Um, that you're recovering from the night before or whatever that's affecting your ability to go to school, go to class. Uh, study for tests, do a project. So that's pretty interesting. And again, we have some statistics from the Greek system where they say 50% of the members in a Greek system perform poorly on important school assignments relating to the alcohol use. And they say that um, there's a lot of negative consequences within the Greek system in colleges around alcohol use. About 500,000 members suffer unintentional injuries. 70,000 cases of sexual assault and acquaintance rape occur a year. And about 1,400 members of the Greek system die from alcohol-related causes a year, which that's terrible. I mean, we're talking dead kids. Like, (laughs) there's no coming back from that. And then lots and lots of assaults, 600,000 assaults. So, yeah, we all know about negative consequences. But when you look at it in the context of college, it makes it a little bit more grim. And it's unfortunate because alcohol is fun and a lot of, you know, I mean, it's, it's popular for a reason. Right. Yeah. You know, I love that Greek study. I think it is so interesting because it it looked it, this was really interesting looking ahead at the risk of AUD. And then there was another study and this was by Gowen. And this came out in the journal, the American Journal of Psychiatry in 2017. But they talked about the binge drinking associated with a higher risk of alcohol use disorder. So this is just in college students, but in the general population. But it showed that 13% of full-time college students met the criteria for past alcohol use disorder. And this was according to the 2021 NASDA. That's, that's crazy, Paula. And the yeah. what what risk factors? So in this study, this is what they said. So they said that having a family history of alcohol use disorder was the most was the strongest risk factor. Ooh, and ouch. Yeah. So I mean, that's something to really consider and have those really honest conversations with your kids. And the other one is they also was associated with those people who with a faster rate of binge drinking. And so 
those who those high intensity drinking, like these terrible trends that we're seeing. So they also, those ones who I think start early, pick it up early, and then this really high intensity end up with these alcohol use disorders. But it's really just, I mean, these are, I don't know, to me, that just seems scary statistics that we have, that these college kids are already meeting this criteria for alcohol use disorder. And then the suicide risk. So there's there were some mixed studies that talked about this association. But when we look at those deaths, I mean, the problem is, is we're taking these are kids in the prime of their lives that we're taking out, you know, and we're seeing this just terrible. So it talked about particularly it looked like females have the highest risk when with binge drinking and risk of suicide. So it said among females without already. So this is the key thing is these people do not have already a diagnosis of depression. So people's with so females without major depressive disorder suicidal thoughts were twice as prevalent among binge drinkers compared to non-binge drinkers and among females with depressive disorders that 20 it said 29% of binge drinkers had suicidal thoughts in the past year compared to 23% so both have risks but even so you can't we can't use this thought of just because they don't have a mental health disorder, they're not at risk. So both are at risk. An interesting one. All right, Paula, tell us about this TikTok trend. So my, okay. actually my call, we both have kids in college and my, my, <laughs> my college student sent me to this and said, Hey, have you heard about this? And I had, we had read, I had read a journal article on this and there was a times article you said, but yeah. man, this, yeah, this is so, a disturbing trend. It is. It is. Well, there was it's so interesting enough. I remember when you sent me a message about this, yeah. just um, and I was, you know, we we're talking about it. And then on March 9th, so just barely March 9th of this year, um, the New York Times published an article called What is a Black Outrage Gallon or a Borg? Yes. And this article was published, was written by Madison Malone Kircher of the New York Times. And it's really interesting. I mean, the New York Times does such a good job reporting, but there's a lot of interesting things to be read about this. It's a TikTok uh, rage. Um, it's a drinking trend that now has reached like 74.7 million views. So it's a lot. I mean, you know how things go viral, but this made big news um, on the University of Massachusetts Amherst uh, campus in 2021, where the fire department in that town reported 28 requests for ambulance transports um, during the Blarney blowout on March 4th, because um, kids were basically um, having a big bash where they were drinking this with these Borgs. So what's a Borg? Black outrage gallon. What they do is they get an empty water gallon bottle and they add vodka to it. It's typically about a fifth of vodka. Um, And then they add powdered drink mix or flavored drink mix um, or flavored drink mix drops. And very typically something like a hangover remedy, like liquid IV or Pedialyte, and then fill the rest up with water. And so there's like this misconception that this is a safe way of drinking because it has electrolytes in it, or it has vitamins. um, And then 
kids will just carry around that gallon jug and drink the whole thing in a night. Okay. It's easy to carry, easy to drink. And what you hear is like the goal is not to taste the liquor. So it's like the, the flavored drink mix and the Pedialyte obscures the taste of the vodka, which is what a lot of, a lot of kids want. They don't like the taste of it. But if you think about it, like 17 shots per fifth, right? Yes. There's 17 standard drinks of alcohol in a fifth. So this is why the Amherst Fire Department had 28 requests for ambulance transports. Not only did they have people who were passed out, blacked out, alcohol poisoning, but they had a lot of unruly behavior. And I think there was something like 70 arrests um so they're very popular though they're popular parties college parties they have this whole thing where you give your borg a funny name and like a punny name um like borg borgen donor or justin uh borg borg bieber things like that you know and some kids actually think that it's safer than drinking from a bar because they're in charge of it they made the drink there's no chance for adulteration or being roofied and they also think that it's volume controlled like well if i just drink my borg instead they just roofie themselves (laughs) like it's ridiculous (laughs) i know i was watching one one video and this girl's like this is just the only thing i'm going to drink tonight and i'm like girl that's a whole fifth like you don't like you have no idea like what you're doing to yourself yeah so anyway really interesting drinking trend I mean I think I think Uh, the fact that it's made national news in multiple like you look if you just google b-o-r-g borg drinking it pulls up a bunch of different articles uh, news stations um and and it's it's really yeah it's pretty we're dying on the inside I'm dying (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty interesting yeah when yeah. when I first saw this like a couple of months ago I can't remember when I first read about this and then when when my kids sent this to me like have you heard of this and I'm like yes like I'm but I would just you just kind of die especially because we have kids in this age group <laughs> like yeah we're like I mean I th- don't do that <laughs> oh I know and I think it's hard you know it's like when you're away from the binge drinking culture when you see or hear things like this you're just like oh no don't do that please <laughs> but when you're part of it it's just you know it's so normalized and it that's is the problem with binge drinking in college campuses is mm-hmm. it's very it's very normalized and in fact one of the things and one of it's, in that well week, it's celebrated like in our culture yeah. unfortunately mm-hmm. yeah you're right yeah. and also like one of the things in that greek study was that members of the greek um, societies tend to overestimate the drinking habits of their fellow brothers or sisters which is really fascinating right so you think well look everyone else is doing it i better get with the program in fact i just had a funny conversation with one of the fellows that's visiting me right now and she's like yeah when i was in college like i was in a sorority and they'd give me a bottle of wine and tell me i had to finish it by the end of the night even though i hated it <laughs> and i felt like i had to comply you know so peer oh, pressure wow. there's a lot of different factors that go into this but but anyway so we should let's talk about resources for college age drinking why don't we do that darlene and then we'll wrap it up absolutely so obviously hopefully the student health center is obviously should always be a resource and they should be hopefully equipped to recognize and then Obviously, the ASAM addiction medicine or addiction psychiatry providers, NIAAA has some fantastic resources. SAMHSA has some resources. And for anyone out there who is looking for resources for themselves or someone that they know, there is 
the helpline, the 1-800-662-HELP, 4357. That's for those seeking treatment, referral, or services. And for either addiction providers or college administration or student um, health services, I would strongly recommend that they download this resource guide from NIAAA that's called the Planning Alcohol Interventions, and it's called the College AIM, the Alcohol Intervention Matrix. So this resource guide is really helpful in coming up with a plan, like how do we recognize, how do you screen high-risk groups, how do you assess the problems? How do you select strategies to help come up with interventions and plan? And then how do you take action? So I really think this resource, like if you work in a college, so if you practice in an area or treat college students, I think this is a great resource for physicians. And then I think, I think this is a must have for all colleges, to be honest. So I think we just need to get that word out there. And we'll put a link to this in our show notes. But I think it's a fantastic resource that's been updated recently as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, that's it. I think we can wrap it up. All right. Well, thank you, Paula. I think that was a really helpful episode. And please share this with your colleagues and your friends and any parents of college-age students, because this is something we need to know. I'm making my kid listen to this. I talked to her about it. Here we go. (laughs) She's on one again. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much, Darlene. Thank you. Until next time. Hey, check us out at theaddictionfiles.com or email us at theaddictionfiles at gmail.com. Thank you so much to Ricky Valides for use of his song, Awake. Check him out at rickyvalides.com. and guests are not responsible for any harm caused by information obtained from the source. As each person is unique, you're advised to seek the advice of your own healthcare professional to treat any medical conditions you may be having. Opinions expressed on the show are those of the addiction files and not of our respective employers.